Okay, welcome everybody. I've gone live. Carl is not here yet. He slept in because <coughs> that's a good way to start a broadcast. Um, he slept in because that's what you do when you live in France. Too much croissants and cheese. Welcome, Rab. Welcome, everybody. I'll just take this moment to get my stuff set up while we uh, wait for Carl, and then shortly we should be good to go. Oh, there he is. Uh, speak of the devil, and he appears. Um, just check out my, I'm just going to check out my Facebook comments area here. Got to get that set up so we can pipe in some of the comments. Here I am. Sorry about that. You internet issues today. You should be sorry. You had internet issues. You're not back on the 4G, are you? No, for no, not for the moment. Okay, that's good. But there you go. I'm trying to load in our. What are doing out there? I'm trying to load in our. There you go. I'm trying to load in our. What are doing out there? Every day it does that. It like comes on the audio for a second. Okay. I'm trying to load in our, uh, there is our chat. I'm trying to load in, oh, and there's the audio coming through again. But now we are in good shape. There's the chat. Welcome, Rab. Welcome, Roberta Kane Hayworth. Welcome, Kippy. Kippy the Great. Kippy is a... Famous Piper from the upstate New York area. I'm just making some adjustments. And then are you doing your, your awesome intro? I might, I, I might do my awesome intro. It would be better than doing my not awesome intro. That's, that's definitely true. <laughs> All right. So uh, welcome, everybody. Back to our Adobe view here. Welcome to beautiful Troy, New York, everyone. Here is an image of the day today. It's gonna to be kind of hot, humid, but I think we're getting storms later. Should cool it down. Big things are happening. I'm here with Carl Donnelly. Um, if not punctual, certainly the uh, most amazing co-host a man could ever ask oh, was, for. Come on, 15 seconds late today. Well, you're supposed to be here 10 minutes early, so. Yeah. So you, you forgot, and you're just not admitting it. You're, say, you're blaming it all on internet connection problems. Uh, totally forgot, because I thought it was Wednesday. I That's fair. Totally with that. to, be, to be totally honest, that is definitely a big issue for me this week. I have no idea what day it is. Yeah. It's, so, it's the um, whole Monday holiday thing. Yeah, did French people, isn't every day Labor Day for French people? Yeah, as in they work every day. Yeah, something like that. It's the Spanish that take the siesta, though, so you're not quite as bad as the Spanish. Um, welcome to Dojo U Live. What is Dojo U Live? Uh, well, a Dojo U membership features a whole bunch of awesome features like complete courses. We actually just launched a whole new side of the website devoted completely to bagpipe courses. We've got tons of live classes every week that look kind of like this, but they're different and they're hosted on our live 
class hosting software. We have a Facebook group where we connect the best pipers in the world to our membership so they can ask questions and interact and submit media like various videos or recordings for critique and stuff like that. We have our daily dose program. If you live in the USA, you get a big discount on bagpipe supplies and so on and so forth. However, as people develop their bagpiping skills on our site each and every day, what we didn't have before, but we do now, is a little checkpoint to shoot for to keep your head straight and not get lost in the deep, sometimes depressing hole of bagpipe knowledge. And that's where Dojo U Live comes in. Each week on the website, we offer up a little mission to our pipers, and I'll show you uh, this week's mission. So it says, welcome to Dojo U, Andrew. It knows my name, Carl. That's the most amazing thing. Learn the first two parts of the 25th KOS Bs. And we looked up yesterday what that meant. What does that mean again? The King's Own Scottish Borderlanders, something like that, like a military regiment. Uh, 25th KOS Bs, farewell to Meirut. Somebody was telling me their nickname, the Cosbys. Is that true? I don't know. But we're going to study and focus especially on playing with great rhythmic accuracy and with focus on the maintenance of your bagpipes. On top of that, you'll complete as many daily doses as you have time for. But then most importantly, before today at 7.30 a.m. Easter time, Easter time, Eastern time, record the first two parts of the 25th KOSBs and submit your recording for feedback. And as a member, you got a, a simple button you click here when it's time to submit that recording for feedback and everything goes well. How many recordings do we have today? When I signed in this morning, we didn't have a whole lot. Oh, we got like 10. We got 10? We got 20 today. Nice. I, I, I'm estimating. I didn't actually count, but there's lots today. So that's exciting. That is exciting. So um, let's talk a little bit about rhythmic accuracy and bagpipe maintenance before we get started. Uh, just as a little bit of background for people to think about. Um, rhythmic accuracy, what does that mean? Well, Rhythmic accuracy sort of operates on the assumption that you understand the basic rhythms, like how to play a quarter note, what a dotted note means, you know, uh, how many beats are in a bar, stuff like that. And once we know what all those rhythms mean and we're playing those rhythms fairly along the lines of the tune, rhythmic accuracy comes in where you are actually factually playing the thing that's supposed to go on the beat or in the groove, depending on how you want to look at it. The thing that's supposed to go on the beat is placed exactly on the beat. What do most beginner, intermediate, and even a whole bunch of advanced players, where do they often play, usually play, relative to the beat? Carl, I'll let you answer this one. That would be a head of the beat. Yeah, and it's actually kind of remarkable. Um, I'm. And I've done this exercise in countless workshops uh, where I just, I just turn on a metronome at a nice slow tempo and I say, play me something simple. Sometimes it's just the scale. Play me the scale to the metronome. And every single solitary note change that people play, trying to play to the click, comes in ahead of the beat. And then you go around the table and every single person, I would say at least 95% of beginner and intermediate pipers play ahead of the beat. If you're sitting out there in the world somewhere saying, well, that's not me, 
I play on the beat, no problem. If that was the first thing to come to your mind, um, you are probably playing ahead of the beat. It's kind of, uh, it, it's a little bit of humble pie. It's a little bit of humble pie, but like when I started really teaching people to play on the beat, I found instances of my own playing, uh, super experienced player, I've played at the highest levels. I found instances of my own playing where I lacked the rhythmic control that I needed. Um, so that's what we're gonna be thinking about a lot today. And hopefully as we give the critiques, Carl, we can zero in a little bit on that. Uh, quickly, maintenance of your bagpipes. Technically, this will not affect, like audibly, it's not going to affect what somebody thinks of your performance. If you have terrible bagpipe maintenance, but your bagpipe sounds better than Jack Lee at the Glenfiddich, um, no one is gonna know. With that said, do you think Jack Lee's bagpipe at the Glenfiddich has good bagpipe maintenance behind it, helping to prop it up? I think that it does. What are the, what are the four key things of bagpipe maintenance that uh, you need to, the four key questions that you ask about your bagpipe every time you play? to make sure that the basics are covered and your bagpipe is operating at peak efficiency. Carl, give me the first one. First one I would say would be air tightness. So what's the question that you ask? Uh, well, working from the inside out, is everything, including the bag itself, 100% airtight, doesn't leak a sole solitary molecule of air, 100% tight. And so that can include anything from the joints uh, in stop, the stop, stop. Socks. You're screwing this up. You're screwing this up. But that whole stop this. Sorry, what? The first question is: Is my bag airtight? That's question number one, right? Question number one. Question number two is: Are my joints airtight? Question number three: Are my reed seats airtight? Question number four is what? Carl, you're on. Reed seats, air, uh, that would be the reeds are efficient. A properly calibrated drone reeds, yeah. So the drone reeds have to be calibrated to the strength of the chain reed. So what Carl did there, Carl was purposely giving a perfect uh, example of what I don't wanna do when I'm thinking of bagpipe maintenance. Thanks Carl for uh, being the guinea pig there, which is we don't wanna mix and match every little aspect of bagpipe maintenance into a big soup. Like, I gotta make sure my bag's tight and my joints are tight and my tuning pins are tight and my reeds gotta be good and all that stuff. Do, do the four questions of bagpipe maintenance. Is my bag airtight? Are my joints airtight? Are my reed seats airtight? Are the drone reeds properly calibrated to the strength of the chanter reed, right? Uh, if, you, if the answer to all four of those questions is yes, that means you're good to go. Uh, that takes a little bit of time to get set up so the first couple of days you start doing that, it's gonna take a little bit of time. But if you do that, if you run through those four questions every day, on a day-to-day -day basis, your bagpipes will start to operate great with very little time needed to be spent on maintenance. So I just saw in the Facebook comments, um, someone named Callum Beaumont? Beaumont? Callum Beaumont? Quick question, which part of a doubling would be on the beat? Hmm. That one, I'm going to have to ask our premium instructors to get that answer. Ah, ah. Callum, Callum chatted in. 
Callum, of course, just won his third clasp at the Northern Meeting pretty recently, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Roberta said, I should mention, Rob Matheson has a class on Dojo U today. That's right, he does. It's one of our many uh, premium instructors. So th there's our long-winded intro, some of the stuff we're talking about today. And Carl, shall we queue up the first one? Who's, who's doing the critique on this one? Well, you started last week, so I'll start this week. Um, and so, yeah, here comes John's KOSB. Here we go. some uh, preliminary feedback and Carl is going to work away on his uh, critique of the tune. So um, pretty good job. I think it would be good, John, to try to get a better recording quality. So um, I use a Zoom recorder, which is, you know, it's a gadget. You can get a good Zoom recorder for about a hundred bucks. If you don't want to spend a hundred bucks to get a really good quality recording, uh, do something to muffle your smartphone or your iPhone um, just to cut down on some of the distortion. So most recording devices in the world, um, like an iPhone or most of your smartphones, are designed to record speech and conversation and stuff like that. And they're not really designed to try to record like a super loud, rich instrument like the bagpipe. So put the iPhone under a pillow or something. Um, or under maybe a couple of towels, and that should muffle the sound a bit to hear, hear more detail. It was pretty hard to tell whether or not your pipes were well in tune there because of the quality of the recording. Now, the um, rhythmic accuracy, what did we think about that? Well, there was a lot of stuff there that was ahead of the beat, like we prophesized earlier. A lot of things were ahead of the beat, and when we got to the large rhythmic um, the large rhythmic figures here, like we have this dotted high G right here, uh, you ended up way ahead of the beat after that because we weren't giving that high G the correct value. So, so we had spots where we went way off the rhythm in addition to just general playing ahead of the beat. So I think that's one of the biggest things you could address uh, to move this 
performance in the better direction. There were other issues too, like the embellishments need to be better, the expression can be a little better, but let's start with just doubling down on that rhythmic accuracy in order to really uh, take this tune to the next level. Carl, it looks like you're ready. Are you ready? Almost. Yeah. Almost. Uh, I don't know where John is. I don't think he's signed into our internal class here, so uh, he might be out on the Facebook group or it's perfectly fine for folks to submit even if they can't make the class on a Thursday morning. Of course, they can watch this video later. So, yeah. Carl, you're on. All right, John. So, pretty good job there. But, um, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of small issues there, a few big issues as, as Andrew mentioned there. Um, so, scale navigation, we had some pretty big crossing noises, lift, drop crossing noises. Where we're going from the bottom to top hand, we get that low, uh, low A or low G sound generally. Um, the one that stuck out for me was in the second part. Uh, so watch out for those crossing noises, and there was there's others sprinkled throughout this um, throughout this performance. Um, and and I think one of the things we could take away from this is that it was, it was probably a little bit too fast and maybe a little too advanced for uh, having worked on it just a few days in the week. So um, it might be a great idea to take it a little slower and maybe use either the simplified version that we have all week or maybe a combination, right? Simplify it a bit um, so that you can work on getting on the beat every time. Um, and so the rhythmic accuracy, uh, as Andrew mentioned there, definitely um, needs a little bit of work, a little more focus. And tying into the dot cut quality and consistency, we have a lot of little short notes, the ASAPs, what we like to call ASAPs, as short as possible. We have a lot of those that either end up quite large and ahead of the beat, or that are pretty good in size, but way ahead, and so we end up at the next beat quite early. So watch out for that, and then um, the recording. If we could boost that quality a bit, muffle the mic, however you want to do that, and that would really help improve. It's, it's important to say though, I do want to add on to that, right? It's way better to submit a recording like that than no recording at all, right? So, so if that's the best you can do, and it, you know, getting a better quality is just not gonna happen for whatever reason, keep doing that. Uh, you know, don't let, it be, uh, don't let it be something that deters you from submitting because you don't have the recording quality, great. It's just the better you can do, the better. I've got my Zoom recorder there. As I was mentioning last week in my disgruntled state, um, it's always ready. It's it hasn't moved. I haven't I haven't really played my pipes that much last week because it's bagpipe New Year and you know everything. And we've been doing a lot of stuff with the business, so it's still there. It's on. It's ready to go. And the settings are such that it will capture my bagpipes really, really clearly when I do record. Okay, so um, so get something like that set up for yourself. You owe it to yourself. Recording is such an amazing tool. Uh, save some money. If, if you're like me, my birthday's coming up. I don't need to ask for a uh, bagpipe recorder for my birthday because that's what I asked for for like my 17th birthday, you know, and it's still here. That was a while ago, folks. 17th birthday. Um, okay, so I'm on next, right, Carl? And I'm just queuing up the recording here. I have to get organized and get my scoring app ready. Okay, my scoring app. So, 
Is... Anyway, to wrap up there, John, really nice job. Keep up the good work. And, um, you know, it will improve here very quickly as you continue to submit and, and, and work on these tunes. So great job, John. All right. And let me know when you're ready here. Okay. I'm on Beth. I'm on Beth and uh, we are on KOSB and the submission date is today and I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Beth, hey, uh, that's really good. And and I know we've been talking the last couple of weeks, Beth, about getting those drones locked first. Now, you were really, really close. The drones were not 100% perfect, but they were really pretty good tuned together. Um, they weren't perfect with the channer, but again, it's so much more pleasant to listen to, listen to when the drones themselves are at least pretty close, um, pretty well locked. And, and then, yeah, okay, we can work on getting them closer and closer in tune with the channer. But um, good improvement there, really, really good improvement here over the last couple of weeks. And you put the tuner away this week. I love it, Beth. The best way to tune is to train your ears to get better. Uh, it's like any other skill, tuning. Uh, it's not something that w most people are born with, um, if any at all. Uh, you have to work on it, and you have to train your ear. The more you train your ear, the better you hear, easier it is to get it closer and closer and closer. It's like playing on the beat. Same idea. Um, we can't do that just out of the gate. It takes training. We have to continue to train ourselves. So, Beth, I thought you did a good job there in the first part, staying on the beat generally. Um, there were some of the short notes that caused you to, to fall a little ahead of the beat, um, and that became a little bit more obvious in the second part, but... Um, yeah, that was really good. Here comes Andrew, and he'll fill in all the rest for you. Really? You just bailed out that fast, huh? Okay. I... <laughs> um, so, uh, great, great job. Um, 
Scale navigation started off really strong, lots of clean note changes, but it deteriorated a little bit throughout the performance. And by the end, we had some hole coverage issues, some minor crossing noises, etc. So we want to keep that scale navigation going. Rhythmic accuracy, theme of the week, was actually pretty good. Um, again, it started off great and deteriorated throughout the length of a performance. Uh, the average solo competition, you know, march that you might end up playing is twice as long as this performance. So keeping the quality for the entire performance might be one of the hidden messages here overall. We just want to keep the quality throughout. Single grace note quality, not bad, but too big. Okay, so so the size your grace notes are. Right? Sorry, you probably heard my chanter hitting the table there. But um, the size of those grace notes make it sound sloppy. Even though it's really not, all we need to do is get those grace notes to be crisp. And I think... Um, that would yield a big benefits. Embellishment quality, pretty good. I have a feeling it would be even better, except for the grace note size issue that we talked about before. Um, dot cuts coming along. Need to work on the consistency and getting the ASAPs a bit shorter and more uh, acute in general. That's cute with an A in front of it. Uh, tonal quality, not bad, but a lot of audible dips and surges in the blowing. Uh, and tuning coming along. The chanter was well in tune with the drones, but the problem is the drones were not tuned as one unit, right? If, if the answer to the following question is no, you have to tune your drones again. And the question is, do the do all three of my dr drones sound like one single drone right now okay and the answer is definitely no unfortunately in that performance so so that takes a lot away from what might otherwise have been a great sound so just keep that in mind don't start playing until the answer to that question are my drones in tune with each other sounding as one unit and until the answer is yes don't start playing by the way i had a student this week um, playing at the games um, and he didn't get his drones perfectly in tune and then he started playing but you have three minutes and then some in the USPBA to get your drones in tune right there's plenty of time so you can practice Right? You can practice tuning your drones in that three minute window to get a feel for how long that feels like if you're going to solo compete um, but like, you know, long story short, get those guys in tune before you start. Um, and that would be, uh, and I've heard you do it before, Beth. So, so I think you just maybe accidentally took your eye off the ball there a little bit. Uh, working on grace notes continues, says Beth. Yes, of course. Um, uh, it's not grace, you know, getting amazing grace notes is not something that happens overnight unless your name is Kalum Bumunt, uh, the fellow who commented in on the Facebook uh, asking, like, his grace notes happened effortlessly with no practice. That's, of course, me being facetious. Even the great ones had to work on their grace notes and their embellishment quality and all that stuff. So you just got to keep working at it. 
Yeah, so Beth, you asked how to avoid that deterioration. The, the, the first thing is we sort of have to determine why that happened. Um, and that could come from a variety of reasons. And, and this, this, I can't give you that answer. The answer is going to have to come from you. But there could be anything from um, a little bit of unfamiliarity with the second part as opposed to the first. Maybe you spent more time working on that. So more time could easily help that. It could also be something like not being 100% comfortable with your bagpipe there. Maybe you were struggling a little bit um, and, and not, you know, throughout the performance got a little bit more tired and tired and tired, and that can be distracting. Could be something like not getting the drones perfectly locked there. Um, that can be distracting if you start to try to compensate for that. Um, and so that takes your eye off, um, off the ball as well. At the end of the day, it boils down to concentration and and, and that's both mental and, and then also we have that physical strength needed. Um, yeah, I mean, it uh, could be a number of things, but those should at least point you in the right direction where you're looking for. Uh, and, and yeah, um, it's probably, in this case, a combination of maybe a little tiredness, but then just being a little new on this tune uh, in the second part. Some of us only learned it a few days ago, so... That's right. And that's right. And remember, if your score was 60 something during Rowan Tree, it makes sense it's not quite 60 something in this tune because this tune is much more difficult, right? So um, you could find patterns though, like what, what fundamental gaps are there in your playing and so on and so forth. Anyway, I, th I thought it was a great performance. Yeah. One of your best, Beth. And that's true. That is, it's really improving, Beth. So keep that up. So Carl, you're on next, my friend. I'm on next, and here comes Roger.
Roger, really nice. So to me, that's an example of really getting the bagpipe sound happening. Now, were the drones totally perfect with each other? No, but the answer as to whether or not they're all sounding as one is definitely yes. The bass drone was not perfectly in there, but it was really close. So the drones were really working together well. The channer was in tune well with the drones. So all of a sudden, to me, that makes me way more likely to, um, you know, way more likely to be fired up and interested in the performance, right? So um, hopefully there's like a little lesson that can, can be learned there. Playing-wise, it's okay. The rhythmic accuracy was okay. I think Carl will get into that. Not perfect, but definitely feeling the, um, you know, definitely feeling the vibe of the tune pretty well. Couple crossing noises, a lot of missing grace notes. Um, some embellishments could be better. So with all of that said, it was a pretty good musical performance, but I think a little bit more attention to some of the fundamentals is going to be important there. All right. Yeah, uh, here comes, I gotta do closing comment. Nice job here. All right, here we go. Uh, 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 I checked all the boxes. So, um, Roger, I thought it was really good. Definitely, just to reiterate that, um, having that bagpipe, you strike up, drones are pretty well locked there, and strike in, it's good tonal quality there. You know, that's, and that makes a huge difference. Um, really, really, really good uh, tonal quality there, I thought. So, um, some blowing movement in there, but generally good, stable bass there and, and makes it really enjoyable to listen to the rest of the, the set in there. So, scale navigation, a few slips there and um, missing grace notes, a few crossing noises in there. So, that took away a little bit there. And maybe I scored you a little too low on that because I thought it was pretty good there. But... Um, Anyway, uh, watch out for that. And, and I think this gets sort of what, towards Beth, what Beth was talking about. We could hear um, really good in the first part and then a little deterioration through the performance. So in the second part, not as clean. More issues coming in there. Now, <clears throat> second part has a little bit more going on technically, but uh, it's probably also a, a matter of a little less familiarity with this tune. And yeah, Roger mentions a few mental blowing errors. Exactly. And again, ties into that unfamiliarity a bit. But we, we can use that as, as not just an excuse, but rather a, a way of working on improving our mental blowing errors. No matter what our fingers do, we have to train ourselves to, to blow through, be constant, and, and avoid those mental errors. So... Don't think of it necessarily as, uh, yeah, there's a few. Use that as an opportunity, an unfamiliar tune that you're not comfortable with. Use that as an opportunity to work on something like mental blowing. Um, really just plug into the bonometer and no matter what happens, nice and steady. Um, so embellishment quality, pretty good. Dethrows, not hearing the steps coming through. Um, doublings were consistently ahead of the beat. So watch for that G grace note sync. G grace notes on those doublings have to line up right with the click of the metronome. Um, and, and so that was that answer to the question that Andrew repeated from earlier today. G grace notes. We want those G grace notes to line up with the click of your metronome there. 
Um, general single grace note quality, pretty good there, though a little on the large side. Work to get them nice, crisp, and clear. Um, I think uh, sometimes when we're not 100% on the beat, as you were just a little bit ahead of the beat on average there, we tend to elongate things a bit, like ASAPs or our G grace notes, in order to make them fit better. Instead, we just have to work on that accuracy, actually arriving at the beat exactly on time and sinking that, that, that crisp, clear, um, crunchy G grace note right on the beat. So uh, overall, really, really good there. And keep working, Roger. Did I miss anything, Andrew? I think I got it. I think you got pretty much every detail of that performance. So hats off to you. <laughs> but yeah, nice job there, Roger. I liked it. Not bad for a saxophone player. That's right. Diane Miller says, one of the guys in our band wrote an adaptation to roll out the barrel. It's not too good. Do you have music on that song? Nope. Out the barrel. I don't even know what that is. I'm afraid I don't either. Um, is that like a country song or something? What do we got? out German drinking song there you go I think you'd have to speak to a German piper yeah speak to a German piper and then um, beer barrel polka known as the barrel polka roll out the barrel is a song which became popular worldwide during World War II music was composed by a Czech musician and I'm not gonna pronounce his name anyway Wikipedia is pretty awesome there you go. So the answer is no to that question. Um, come to Doja University, study your bagpipe fundamentals, and before you know it, you will be able to create your own adaptation of Roll Out the Barrel. What do we think about that? I think it's great. It okay. Pop in, the, in our composing class and check that out. All right, who's up next? We have Hart. Up Hart next. is up next. KOSB, today's date. I'm ready. All right, here we go.
right. All right, so um, I think so far today that was the, the best unit of drones we've heard really well in tune together um, and pretty well with the channel. However, um, I want to talk about tonal quality a bit here while Andrew writes um, and how it relates to tuning. They're sort of interlinked, right? And so we can run into some trouble um, from both ends. And, and I think that's what I heard here. So we heard a couple of chokes, right? Um, where the bagpipe cut out a little bit. Uh, and I think you sort of accidentally set yourself up for failure right from the beginning. And you did that by tuning the drones a little bit on the flat side. Um, and you had to ease off the bagpipe a little bit in order for most of the channer to come in tune there. And so you ended up sort of setting yourself up in a path that is going to end up in a choke no matter what, um, because we're going to consistently get sharper as we play. Even on a short performance like that, we're going to get a little bit sharper. So we have to ease off a little bit more and more, and you end up getting a little choke in there. So um, generally speaking, when in doubt, go an extra tiny bit sharp and then move your blowing up a bit to, um, to match your drones, to get them perfectly uh, stable, right? It's better to be a tiny, tiny bit sharp and uh, blow up to meet that, make sure you're really in that sweet spot, than a little on the flat side and having to ease off. So watch out for that. Um, and then the only other thing I would say there is your D was quite sharp there, which can also be a little confusing. So um, tuning relates to toning quality um, as much as tonal quality is necessary for tuning to be good as well. What do you think, Andrew? Um, I like all those thoughts. Really good. I think that it's really close to being a particularly high quality performance. It already is high quality, but, uh, but you're very close to having maybe a breakthrough um, or something along those lines. So scale navigation, not bad with a few crossing noises. We really got to get rid of those and clean that up. I think a lot of the crossing noises are actually caused by rhythmic accuracy not being up to par. So when the rest of your fundamentals are good, but your rhythmic accuracy is off, it can make the other fundamentals seem not as good, right? And certainly there can be some finger confusion going on with the scale navigation. What I want you to really do for the next time is double down on actually hitting the beats accurately. Almost every single thing you played here was what? Was it ahead of the beat or behind? It's ahead. Right. It was definitely mostly ahead of the beat. Single grace note quality, pretty good. Uh, come a couple of grace note synchronization errors creeping in there. Do you think that has anything to do with rhythmic accuracy? I think that would be a safe bet. Embellishment quality, pretty good. Terry Lewis, definitely not pretty good. So that kind of detracted from what could have been a higher score there. Uh, dot cut quality and consistency. Some of them were great. I can tell that you're thinking about uh, quote unquote expression. Uh, but we need consistency across the dots and the cuts, right? That's what ALAP ASAP is all about. Every single dot and cut being treated, uh, you know, fundamentally well. Total quality, seemingly below the sweet spot. Is this maybe what you were getting at, Carl? Um, yeah. uh, either that or the read is not good. Or you might have too much tape on high G. 
What do you think about that heart? Maybe you can offer some insight there. And the tuning, definitely best tuned bagpipe of the day so far. Drones really well in tune with each other. The chanter really well in tune with the drones, except there were a few intervals on the chanter that were quite sharp. That's what brought that score down all the way to 3.25. Uh, but it could have been, you know, the tuning could have been closer to four, I think, if we fix a couple of those intervals on the chanter. So, uh, nice job. Over, over, over 60 is pretty darn good. What you're really shooting for before we start to ramp up the tempo is, is an 80. You know, you really want to try to get to 80. So, uh, that tends to be the benchmark so far. So, anyway, that is my uh, feedback. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really cool. All right. Well, looks like I have Mr. John next. Should be great. So he's just uploading here. There he is. <laughs> and this is KOSB. And we're about ready. So here we go with John's KOSB. performance a lot um the rhythm was really nice um the bagpipe sounded pretty darn good um and then th the other fundamentals all need a little bit of work here and there like scale navigation could have been better i i heard some phantom crossing noises in there right where uh which are the opposite of what you would think a typical crossing noise might be. So when we go to a new note, but the old note hasn't returned the fingers to the correct position, right? We get those kind of sloppy phantom crossing noise sounds. Um, so that causes some overall just sloppiness in the feel of the tune. The grace notes are too big. 
Um, and that's having a negative impact on uh, embellishments. And then ALAP ASAP, I can tell you're thinking about it, but the ASAPs are just very big overall, causing an overall kind of round feel to it. So I think there's a great foundation there of musicality, but we need to hone in a lot of the fundamental things in this tune um, in order to, you know, really get it to that <clears throat> next level. I don't know. What do we think, Carl? You close? Yeah. Carl's close. So, I um, I did not pick up on those uh, phantom crossing noises you heard, but I did hear one, at least one little small, uh, lift drop crossing noise in bar seven of the second part. Um, but uh, I thought that was all pretty good. Uh, a few slips, though, like from high A going down to that low A for the burl. Um, hard to get that whole coverage. So watch watch out for that, John. Um, but as a whole, I don't know if I started off by saying, as a whole, I thought that was a really good performance. Um, so, so nice job there and good improvement. Um, so rhythmic accuracy. Beat one. You, you got nervous and, and you went early. Um, and then you settled into the beat pretty well there. But beat one, come on. <laughs> Watch out for that uh, for that anxiety uh, at the very beginning. Uh, set yourself up for success. Comfortable, confident beginning, right? Uh, you know, right out of the gates there. So, um, yeah, well, it it definitely it's that's a matter of nerves. I, I agree, John. So uh, that's why we do these recordings. It helps us work on exactly a skill like that. Uh, single grace note quality. So our strikes in here not 100% clean and very inconsistent. Some strikes were good, and some B strikes had a little low A in them, uh, and not quite uh, low G. D strikes varied between good and clear, but too big, and the right size, but missing the low G. It's a really complicated thing and not easy to get that consistent, clean, and get that little pop sound. And I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, so it was probably on your mind here. You might be just overthinking that a bit. We got to get those nice and crispy, crunchy, and hear that solid pop sound from that low G um, on, the, on the Ds and the Bs. Uh, that cuts consistency. I thought was really good there. I didn't hear any big examples of... Uh, and ASAP being early or too large. Um, I think they were. I think they were on average too large on the ASAP. Right. It's it's it could be an, it could be a tough thing from a teaching standpoint, right? Because he's definitely getting the concept consistently, but the execution needs to be a little better, in my opinion. One man's opinion. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's see. Sweet spot. Oh yeah, read. Um, to me, I don't know, Andrew, if you agree, but to me it sounded a little thin overall. Just like not super vibrant. Maybe it's the recording, but to me it sounds like maybe a new read's in, in order, John, or... Um, it is Bagpipe New Year. Not hitting the sweet spot. Yeah, like I, I think I agree. I, I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like John's hitting the sweet spot. I was going to say that. I know he works really hard at it, so I was going to like leave it out. You know. Yeah, sorry. I, 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 I put it in there, even in writing. 
Yeah, it was just it sounded you know, again, well tuned, and and there weren't many deviations like in blowing. It was pretty good in that case. Just I don't know. It's missing that little sparkle, that depth. It was just a little on the thin side. So agreed. I agree that it sounded thin, um, but it could just be a matter of like if you were using the manometer, it could just be a eighth of an inch difference, right? Um, and that that could be all that it is. So so I wouldn't want John to think he's in the wrong track there, just that oh, that, by no means. that particular performance might have been under. Yeah, and John says it's a new read, but thin. So that could be underblowing, or that could just not be a very good read. Um, maybe it'll open up with a little bit of moisture. I don't know. I, I would go for a read that's a little bit harder, John, and sounds uh, and sounds more rich. So maybe you can convince the band to give you a new one so all right well good job there as a whole though really really strong performance even though we found lots of little things here john and it's still a really really strong performance so nice job um i'm all right I'm i just want to um uh i i want to do something quickly to this view i want to add adobe view this screen and then Adobe view and then I'll shrink it down a little bit. Andrew's playing with the live stream feed, I'm guessing. Yes, I am. While narrating. That way we can see exactly what he's doing. No, no sorry, we can't. <laughs> but we can imagine at the very least. Uh, let me know when you're ready. Andrew, because you've got Roberta up here next. Okay, I'm very close. All right, I adjusted. I just want people to be able to see at least most of the music while I'm doing my critique, so they at least have something to follow along with while I'm just typing. So I have Roberta up next. We have Roberta, yes, indeed. Uh, KOSB. The other thing is my CPU has been a little bit high today, so I don't know what's causing that. But so far, nothing catastrophic. All right, I'm ready. Here, Roberta comes.
Alrighty. Whoa, nice cutoff. Woo. <laughs> so, Roberta, um, this was the first performance today where um, I, I feel like, ah, gee, Grace Notes, super well synced here. Um, maybe even one or two a hair late. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe it's just that we're so used to hearing those um, being a little bit habitually early that once they're finally uh, on that downbeat and click, click, click right with the metronome, um, it, it sounds a little bit jarring. But no, uh, the vast majority of them were, were super, super well placed. Um, and I don't mean just the plain G grace notes, but also things like in the doublings and the strikes. Um, that's where it really stands out when we start to, to visualize that G grace note as being part and, and defining the beat. Um, we start to to hear that when we when sorry when we conceptualize that well we start to hear it come out in not just the plain grace notes but also the compound grace notes our, our embellishments here G D throws uh, G <laughs> I'm tongue tied today D strikes and B strikes and doublings um, with the, the G grace notes so that was really really good we had one really early D throw in the second part uh, watch out for that. It was a little jarring um, compared to other things being really well on the beat, but uh, yeah, I, I, that was that was cool. I like that. Really nice job there, Roberta. Dun, dun, dun. Now, now it's my turn, right? So, um, really nice job. Uh, really nice job. A couple of wee catches in scale navigation, especially on the top hand. Um, rhythmic accuracy. What? R7, second part. Uh, mine were in the um, second bar. Da, 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 de, de, da, da, that little area there, some little catches. Doesn't really matter. Uh, not perfectly clean, but very good scale navigation. Rhythmic accuracy, really good. Occasional lateness to the beat, uh, which we talked about before. Single grace note quality, really good. Sometimes I feel like the grace notes are on the big side. Just a little bit airing on the side of grace notes being big. It might be worth exploring a slightly crisper grace note. The problem is the crispier you try to go on the grace notes, the more likely you are to miss the grace note completely. So, so it is a delicate balance there that we want to kind of think about, but I think uh, working on that would be key. Embellishment quality, really good. Occasional cleanliness issues in the embellishments. Dot cut quality and consistency. Excellent with a few way too open uh, um, cut notes. We need this. Right, we need to keep all of the cut notes cut because otherwise it ruins the groove and the swing that we're trying to generate as part of the tune. Uh, tonal quality, really good, but definitely quite a few audible mental blowing problems on the high notes. Part of the problem is the high G is very flat and I think consciously or subconsciously you're trying to adjust for that as you play. Um, so so uh, sort that out, sweeten up the high G a little bit and I think that you'd have a lot more uh, blowing confidence. 
for lack of a better way of describing it. Um, so there's that. What are we doing over on the chat? Is Roberta over there? Oh, nope, she's not. She might be over here. That's as sharp as the high G gets. Yep, so that read needs to be sunk, I think, to try and sweeten up the high G. Roberta says, stupid read. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, it is the way that it is, and you can't be afraid to sink it, right? That'll bring the high G into better balance, and then you can tape some other notes a little bit if need be. But um, the high G is just too flat there, right? Okay, let's do the next one. Uh, we have half an hour left. I don't know how many more recordings we have. Two more? We have this one and one more. Okay, so. perfect. Uh, you, you, you're the DJ. You're the DJ. I don't really know. Uh, when I signed in this morning, there were only four up there. See, it's good that we both have to do them. Otherwise, I'd just say there's a million and, and you get to do them all. But uh, now... We, uh, we only have two more here. Heart, Heart from earlier says, I have a crazy sharp high G. I don't know how you do it. So uh, that would explain the squeaks and the weird tonal quality, right, Heart? So that reed is probably too far into the reed seat. Have you tried raising your reed significantly, Heart? Mm -hmm. you, you'll do that, it'll affect the high hand notes much more than the bottom hand notes and you'll get a better balance, which will allow you to take some tape off the high G, which will allow you to get less squeakiness on the G grace notes, which will allow you to blow more confidently towards the sweet spot. Whew, getting tired. Art, if you're out there, does that make any sense to you? Have you explored that? You may, you may have already explored that. Like I know Andra, She's at such a high altitude that it doesn't matter where she puts the reed in the reed seat. The high G always sounds cruddy. Yeah, he says his, his high A goes wonky. Um, is heart a he? I think heart's a she. Is heart a he or a she? Oh, Please forgive us. Sorry. <laughs> I have it in my head as a, as a she. Oh, it's a he. Okay. Forgive me then. Sorry about that. Um, High A goes wonky. So for me, that's a really, that's a really common problem, right? So I feel, I feel that most chanters are designed, uh, let's say, not for North American climates. Let's say that, right? So in Scotland, it's much cooler. Uh, it's much more moisture in the air on average. So you'll often find that, right? The high G relative to the high A is, is going to be sharp. What you want to do, what I would do, what I've done with almost every chanter I've ever owned, almost, is I end up carving out the high A a little bit, right? So I set the chanter so the high G is good, and I end up with a super flat high A. From there, I uh, carve out the high A hole, uh, to uh, make that sharper. Now, I do not recommend this if you're a beginner or an intermediate. What I would, however, recommend is taking your chanter to an expert and, and sort of walking through that with them to see if that might be the best thing to do for your chanter. Uh, for example, uh, I work with a grade three band locally in the area. We've carved every high A, right? In order to get that better balance. It's not because the chanter's bad, it's because it's not designed for our climate, right? So high G is always going to tend to be flatter 
uh, thicker in that colder, damper air than it would in the hot, dry uh, kind of climate that we can get here. So um, it might be worth thinking about. Hart says it's very scary to think about carving your chanter. Um, I agree, which is why if you're even remotely not comfortable, you want to go try and go see somebody in person and discuss that. Um, have them call the dojo if they have any questions. But, um, but that's a big issue, right? Sharp high G, flat high A is a huge issue. You cannot do nothing about it because it's never going to change. You can't do nothing about it because sharp high G, flat high A sounds terrible. Flat high G, ridiculously flat high A sounds terrible also. So we have to do something. So, Andrew, you forgot one possibility. If Hart doesn't want to, want to do it himself and doesn't necessarily have somebody local, where could he go in March that might help? Hmm. Are you talking about the Dojo U Cruise or are you talking about the Dojo U Tuning Clinic in May? Well, I said March. <laughs> Either one would work, actually. Um, the tuning clinic is now 100% confirmed, which is good because we had a few signups before it was 100% confirmed, but now it is. Um, it was always 100% confirmed, but the, the facilities here in Dojo Land, they had to 100% confirm that we had all the space that we need, but we do. So. Excellent. All right. Well, what do you say, Andrew? Before we talk any more about that, let's do another recording. We have Ken up next. Okay, am I on Ken or am I color or scoring for Ken? You're color. I, I, I'm doing Ken. You're doing Ken. Yeah. Beth says, we have seven who want to attend the clinic. Uh, Beth, let's try and solidify that. As soon as we can. Ken. <laughs>
Okay, good job. So uh, just something to talk about, right? When you have a high G that sounds like this, okay, it means the reed is not getting a sufficient amount of air to get the complete full tone, right? So it could mean one of two things. It could mean you're overblowing in general on your reed. Sorry, I, I meant underblowing. If I think I might have said overblowing. It means you're underblowing in general on your reed. So, right? It could mean you're underblowing in general, or it could mean you have a mental blowing anomaly going on when you get to the high G. And that's actually pretty common to have like a note, like a high G, that for some reason we just sort of subconsciously don't blow well. So um, if you hear that sound, it means you're below the sweet spot and we need to bring the sweetness out of that note. It could mean adjusting your overall blowing pressure upward and it might also mean just focusing not to allow any mental blowing errors to occur there. Okay, Ken? Uh, how and close are you, Carl? How, how, how was um, Ken's dot cut consistency? I did not notice anything there. Um, so to me, it was, it was not consistent and uh, definitely in most cases lacked a total as long as possible, as short as possible. Like, like it wasn't complete contrast there in general. I think he's selling himself short. I think a, a bigger commitment to all of the dots is gonna allow you to get a better overall feel. I just think he was, I felt like he was hedging. Hedging his bets. All right, there you go. So Ken, that's, that's your comments for the, the dot cut consistency there. Um, however, I thought as a whole, um, sorry there uh, for that sound. The, the the performance was really good, but watch out for being consistently consistently ahead um, throughout that whole performance. G grace notes, doublings, D throws, just generally that tiny bit ahead. Take a deep breath, relax, and and you know develop that poise and wait for that beat every single time. Agree, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, that little change has a huge profound effect on, on the playing and, and that will that will really boost that. So um, you're, you're close. It's just that, <sighs> have that, have that confidence. Be a little more confident there because you can do it. I've heard you do it um, and, and that will make that better. Um, and yeah, we, we all struggle with it. So, so don't worry there, just, just keep working towards it. Single grace note quality. Most of them are a little bit too big there. Um, G grace notes, D grace notes, and the strikes. Um, we're working to get them in there, uh, but we have to go for that little crunchy. So what I like to think about there is, you know, use, make sure your fingers are relaxed so that you can lift your finger, but use your strength to push it back down so you get that crispiness. Don't just push down on the channel and try to get small grace notes because you're not lifting your fingers very much. Use your strength push them back down to get them crispy. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Andrew touched on the read there a little bit. 
too hard or maybe a, a new read there for you because uh, I heard lots of deviations in the blowing. We had a couple of near chokes there um, and just not hitting that sweet spot. So um, maybe a new read there. Ken, let us know what's going on with that read there. I don't think the, it's the read. I, I think the read's good. I think the blowing needs to be better. Yeah. Might also help put a tiny bit of tape on that D so that it's oh, screaming sharp. Yeah, the D is definitely sharp. Nothing is worse than having a nothing's worse than having a screaming sharp note and then a note that you also need to work on not underblowing at the same time, right? right. So like so you're trying to underblow the D to fix the D, but you're trying to overblow the high G to fix the high G. Whatever's going on there, what we really need to do is just work get that overall tonal quality sounding excellent. All right, let's do the last one. I'm on this one, right? Yeah. Let me get it queued up here. <laughs> Ken says old man syndrome. Yeah, just put a little D, a tape on that D and blow through it. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be a brand new man if, if you do that. How old are you, Ken? You, you couldn't be a day over 40. Absolutely not. Fact, so his birthday might be tomorrow. Didn't, didn't Jack Lee win the Glenn Fiddick at age 60 or something? Jack Lee's 60 already? Uh, look, look. I don't want to put any words in anybody's mouth. I, I do not know the facts there. <laughs> uh, all right. So you're, you've got John for our final performance today. Okay. Uh, John, KOSB. The second John M of the day. It's not going to be another practice chanter one, is it? We'll have to find out. <laughs> feel afraid. I'm feeling afraid right now. Okay, let's do it. Uh, hang on. It's loaded up, but it's not working. Hang on. Is there a file error? John, you uploaded a PDF. John uploaded a PDF. Okay, so we're out of luck with that one. Uh, let me just see if if he put the wrong uh, file extension on it. No, John just uploaded the PDF. Okay, no, it's not the end of the world. I, I think um, uh, we can do John's first thing tomorrow in class. So, uh, okay. and I don't see him. I don't see him in the list. Normally, he's he would be pretty quick to correct the problem, but he must have had to go. So we are, sorry if you waited the whole class to try and hear yourself, John, but turned out we have an ID 10T error there. And, um, you know, very, very serious business. So uh, there it is. Welcome, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. Oh, my wife joined in. Last week, she joined in right as I berated you for uh, moving the view on the screen. Now you really can't move it because I've added in a couple of extra views today to make the live stream a little bit more interesting, which could be why my CPU is so high. I think it's, I don't think it's caused by that. I think it's when the source has a lot of like moving pieces to it, it jacks up my CPU speed a little bit. But uh, do we have any... If I dance around, does it make your CPU go up? No, no, not at all. Um, so uh, Franz says, hello. Hello, Franz. Hello, Roger. Hello, Matt Kelly. 
Uh, so anyway, do we have any closing thoughts, Carl? Sometimes. Thoughts. I thought... Go ahead. First of all, thank you everyone who submitted this week. It's wonderful to have a nice, uh, a nice group of recordings there. And we definitely look forward to more next week and continuing to track your progress and continued improvement. That's so exciting. I hope you guys find it as exciting as us. Um, it's so neat to see you guys advance every week. And, you know, it's great to, to do these and, and train our ears to listen. Um, and, uh, yeah, so thank you for, for participating there. Um, overall thoughts for me, rhythmic accuracy, still keep that focus on that. Yeah. G Grace Notes on the click of the metronome should be on your mind a lot over the weekend. Um, it needs to be part of your it needs to be part of your thinking every time you play it's like if it's like me i've been working on my fitness a lot and up and up until fairly recently i wasn't thinking about my nutrition enough right and and i think we have two nutritional elements to the um to today or to this week's mission right Rhythmic accuracy is the absolute foundation of the musical pyramid, right? Without it, right, if you're not accurate rhythmically, none of your embellishments are going to matter, right? You're going to have crossing noises. Uh, nobody is going to care how good your ALAP ASAP is if it's not on top of a rhythmic foundation, right? And then on the bagpipe side, tonal quality, tuning, Underneath that is a good maintenance regimen. So just sort of thinking of that. <clears throat> what's cam and what's camembert? The cheese? Camembert? Yeah. So Carl's nutritional elements are camembert and butter. Maybe that's why you didn't know your four questions at the beginning of class. Uh, just because I explained it a little bit different than you doesn't mean I'm wrong, Andrew. It does. The four questions is the only way. Um, and whatever you do, so maybe Carl does have some French approach to uh, maintaining his bagpipe. But whatever you, do, whatever you do, it's a checklist, right? Do this, do this, do this, do this, and then you're good to go. Uh, I do that every time I take my pipes out of the box, right? And then as far as rhythmic accuracy is concerned, that's always your top priority when you play. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's going wild on the internal chat. It's going wild. Um, so there it is, folks. I think, uh, I think we'll leave you with a little view of the Troy live cityscape. And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys. Uh, whoops. See, now the Adobe view is covering up the... Uh, here, let's move it over here. Much better. Uh, it's Thank covering you, up the Piper's Great Dojo. Keep them coming. We'll see you around Dojo U. Yeah, we'll see you around Dojo U. Great job. See you later. Take care. Eat healthy. Uh, be rhythmically accurate and maintain those bagpipes. Okay, that's it. See you later. See ya.